Let me ask you something. Have you realized that what happens in your mind actually shows up in your reality? Are you living your dream life or your worry life? Welcome to the Dream Team Podcast, where we will reverse engineer what our wonderful and successful guests have done to create a life that they love. So you can too. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the Dream Team Life podcast. Today we have a special treat, yet another one. I know I always say the same thing, but we have a lady who I met through something called the Knowledge Broker Blueprint. And I've been following her career for the last year and a half, and she is extraordinary. She is the most energetic, bubbly, full of life, positive, just full of bounce, just literally the most bouncy person I know. And she is a communication coach and a former actress, and her name is Renee Marino. Renee, welcome to the Dream Team Live podcast. Thank welcome, you. welcome. Thank you. Oh, that introduction. I want to just record that and and have it follow me around, right? For those days that I'm not not feeling so great, just as a reminder. <laughs> we all need those things, those yes. little cues, right? Yes. So we, we've, we've invited you here, Renee, because uh, as I've known you for a couple of years and, and I've watched your, your growth in your, your new chosen career, and uh, you struck me as somebody who is rarely living their dreams and has always had this way of making your life work for you. And so we want to we want to hear your stories and we want to find out what your secrets are. So um, is it okay if we start there back when you were younger um, because you, you've had a successful career that you've now left behind as an actress. Um, but tell us a little bit about how you got, because that in itself is a dream to actually, lots of people want to act, but they never get to do it. Absolutely, yeah. No, I would love to share that. Um, so from the time I was five years old, ladies, I truly, truly just wanted to perform on Broadway. I was always in love. I started out just dancing and then I started singing and doing community theater. And once I got on that stage, I just knew, I was like, this is what I want to do with my life. And truth be told, a lot of people thought I was crazy because that's a huge dream, right? I mean, performing on Broadway, being an actress, it's a very, very tough career. And it's not always the most talented person who gets the job. So there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of obstacles to to being in that sort of field. But I knew that I wanted to do it. And I'll never forget when I was applying for colleges, I knew that I wanted to go to a liberal arts college where I would get all of my regular courses, my math, my science, my history, but I wanted to major in musical theater. And I remember so many people saying to me like, Renee, you need something to fall back on. It's such an unstable career. And, and I said, I know, I'm fine, I'm gonna do it. And I majored in musical theater and the last semester of my college four years, I auditioned for a casino show in Biloxi, Mississippi, and I booked it. And I was going to be the lead singer in this casino show. And I flew out literally the day after my college graduation. And it was just this coolest, it was just the coolest moment to be on a plane right after I graduated college, doing what I love and being like, oh my gosh, I'm doing it. Like, this is the first time I was paid to sing wow. or interact, you know, because it was my hobby, right? Like the, the quote says, Confucius said, if you find a job you like, you'll never have to work a day in your life. And 
that's really how I felt. That's why I wanted to pursue this career. And I'll never forget getting my first paycheck. And I was um, in on the balcony of my hotel room, overlooking the golf. And I called my mom and I said, do you see why I do this? I just got paid to do what I love. And Aww. that just yeah, really set the tone for me. And I continued, I got back home after those three and a half months. I was a substitute teacher at my old high school in the daytime. So when I wasn't auditioning, I was substitute teaching, which I loved, right? I've been obviously coaching for many years. And the first like really theater professional, professional job I got was the 25th anniversary tour of Cats, the musical. Wow. And yeah, it was amazing. We toured all over North America for a year. We were in Mexico for seven weeks. We were in Canada, all over the US. And I was what they call a swing. So I covered six different roles. Oh my goodness. Yes. So it's it's truly one of the hardest jobs in, in a cast just because you have to know several different roles. You have to be ready to go at the drop of a dime. And that's what I did. And it was truly still probably one of the hardest shows I've ever done. But I was like, this is the best possible training I could have. If I can do this, I can do anything. Anything. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. And I just continued on from there auditioning and, you know, pounding the pavement, as they say, getting rejection upon rejection, always hearing way more no's than yeses. Um, and my mother would often say to me when I would come home from like a day of three or four auditions with a backpack on my shoulders, dance shoes and music book on and off trains, she would be like, Renee, how do you do this? Like, she goes, I could never like the thick skin you have to have, right. To really deal with all that rejection and deal with all of the nose and, Oh, you're not tall enough. You're not this enough. You're not that enough. It, it takes a lot of guts. Right. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And I went on two other tours, Jersey boys, Disney's high school musical. So I tore. Wow. Yeah. It was incredible. It was really, really incredible. It was like a total of three and a half years of touring and I knew that Broadway was still my dream. Even though I was like having the best time of my life, I loved what I was doing in my mind. Like once I get something in my mind, it's very hard to get it out. Right. And I said, okay, even though I have this amazing job on tour, I'm making great money. I'm doing what I love. I still haven't had my Broadway debut. Mm -hmm. And I left the tour. I went back to New York city, started auditioning again. And lo and behold, after a few months, I, I booked my Broadway debut, which was West Side Story on Broadway. And the, the theme of my career really has been like, just go for it, be ready. Because the day that I found out I booked West Side Story, I was actually auditioning for something completely different. But the casting director was the same casting director for West Side Story. And he had seen me months prior when I auditioned for the show and made it down to the final few girls. So after this other audition that I was at, he calls me in his office and he said, Renee, do you sing soprano? And I said, yeah. And in my head, I'm thinking like for, the, I was auditioning for a show called Oklahoma. And I'm thinking, huh, who, I wonder who he's trying to put me in for, what role? And he said, um, great, we need you as a replacement for West Side Story on Broadway. Go to the theater tonight. And I respond with, I think I just peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yes. And then three 
days later, which is not normal, which is not when I was supposed to do it, I had my Broadway debut. Way sooner ah. than was expected. It was totally last minute, but I did it. And it was incredible. No one even knew I was having my Broadway debut. My parents weren't even there because it was literally the night before. They're like, so how about an early rehearsal? We think you're going to be on for the matinee. And I was like, what? Oh and my that, God. And yeah. how do you manage to learn all of that in, in one day? Honestly, Marissa, it's that's where just hard work, tenacity comes in. And I just, mm -hmm. right, it, it's, it's constantly... I believe overriding that voice that we all have, right? That, that, the, the terror voice that's like, well, you can't yeah. do this, you, right? It's like, it's challenging it. Just like you would a bully and being like, no, I got this. It's, I, I can do this, right? Mm -hmm. This is what I'm made for. Mm -hmm. And just reminding yourself of your own power, which doesn't mean that it's without nerves or without fear. It's, it's I teach this now as a communication coach, but it's taking imperfect action. Right. It's taking action in spite of the fear, in spite of like the anxiety, in spite of like you sweating because you're like, I'm going to be on a Broadway stage in three minutes. You just do it. Right. You just go. And I really have, have learned in my life that the anticipation of something is way worse than the actual doing of the event. Yes. Uh, so that's kind of just how I've lived my life. And as I said, I want to make it clear that doesn't mean without fear. That doesn't mean, oh my God, it's so easy for you and not for anyone else. No. And I think it's so important for all of us to understand that, especially okay. in this culture of social media, comparing ourselves to people's highlight reels. No one truly knows what another person's dealing with or going through. Right. So I think it's very important for us. I like to say, you know, I believe like I'm one of the change makers of this, of this world, of this life. And to be a change maker, you have to be honest about your story <laughs> and you have to be honest about, excuse my language, but the shit you go through and what you experience, because otherwise, how are you helping anyone if you're being inauthentic? Mm -hmm. So I just want everyone to know that all that I've done in my life does not mean that it was like so easy, breezy. breezy. No. <laughs> and okay. So then, I go ahead. Sorry, sorry. I, I, I just wanted to, to interrupt you a little bit and ask you about that moment, because I think, you know, what we're trying to teach our, our, our audience is exactly what you were saying, because it's very easy to see the final result when everything is pretty, you know, it's like this, this um, iceberg type thing, you know, all, you only see the top. So I, but I think most people, at least people that are not living their, their dream life or maybe are living their dream life, but they don't notice it yet, is that they get stuck on that part. So I, I would, if you let me go a little bit to that moment where you had to learn all of this information, a character, a choreography or whatever it was, and you just went for it. But how do you... So I, if you want to tell us a little bit more about that, because I think most people are stuck there. So... Yeah. For you sure. did cry. Did you cry? Did you break down? Did you, and then you just, you know, pulled yourself up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that moment is the most important, right? It's like, that's why, that's why we love movies. Like if, if any of you are like myself, I love Rocky. Mm -hmm. I love the Rocky franchise. I, I mean, Sylvester Stallone, he's like my person, like 
the reason I believe we love those movies so much is because we love the comeback. We love as the audience, we get to see the struggle. We get to see all the crap he has to go through, but he gets through it. Right. And that's what makes it so much more rewarding, so much more special. If it was handed to him on a silver platter and he was like, yeah, this is just easy for me. Like, would you watch a sequel? I wouldn't, I'd be like, this is horrible. Mm. So for myself, when hearing those words, like you're going to be on stage tomorrow, you want to know what I did? I went into, I was staying with my friend at the time in his tiny, tiny, uh, New York city apartment in hell's kitchen. And he was out working. He worked nights. And I was like running through the choreography a million times, no space, like in the middle of the bed and the wall. And I was just like, all right. Right. And yes, was I scared? Was I like, holy crap. I can't believe I'm going on stage tomorrow. But it's that moment of just being like head down, get to it. And mm -hmm. yes, there was fear. There was like moments where I was, it's like terror, right? Did I probably sleep? Probably not. But the thought, and I think this is a really great tool for everyone listening to use is what happens if I don't do mm -hmm. the thing that I'm fearing? And for me, that is always the game changer because I'd much rather be shaking in my boots, almost peeing my pants, really scared and doing it as opposed to avoiding it. Like most of us do avoid it. Yeah, no, I'll do it later. I'll do it when I'm ready. I'll do it when I have the money. I'll do it when I feel better about myself. Mm -hmm. Those whens never come people because life happens and things will always come up and there will always be obstacles. So mm -hmm. the trick is to trick yourself, trick your brain to say, mm -hmm. I'm doing now in spite of all that is like flying around in my brain, the imposter syndrome, the, I can't, I, what am I going to do? What if I fail and mm -hmm. tell yourself, you know what? Nothing will be worse for me than if I avoid this and later on down the road have regrets, mm -hmm. because even if you fall on your face and you fail, as you take the step, you can always say, you know what? I took the step. I took the step. Yeah. And yeah. you learn. And even if you fail, you learn something, you're in a better position to get up and yeah. try again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, thank you for that. I think that's wonderful because, you know, I think that is a pivotal moment and you do see it in, uh, in movies. And I think it happens to everybody every day that you go, you know, it's happened to me, it happened to me, I think yesterday on Sunday that I had to do something and I just felt so tired and overwhelmed and I took it as an excuse and I didn't do it. You know, so then, but then you regret because then you don't know. Oh my God. Then you have, what is, I think you can weigh in, in, a, in a balance. What is worth the regret of just doing it, having fun, making a mistake and just fixing it later or the regret of not doing it and losing the opportunity to go through a wonderful experience. Because yeah. I think lots of people allow that thought process to get into their heads and then the fear starts to grow. They start yeah. to grow. And starts to grow. And as you said, the I, I use resistance, but you said another word, the anticipation of the event, it can actually get bigger and weigh yeah. even more than the actual event. 100%. You know, the event lasts a second. Yeah. You know, it's just an hour show or show, or is it just a half an hour something? And the if you go through it, even if it's wrong, if you have the right mindset, you will enjoy it as hell. Right. Yeah. And think about this. Like, I think if this year has taught us anything, it's, well, a few things. Number one, how precious time is. 
And even for those of you who feel like, oh my God, this year has dragged on. I can't believe how fast it went because when I think to a year ago, I'm like, oh my God, that feels like yesterday. Oh my God, that feels like yesterday, right? And the thing that feels worse to me is if you look back and go, I am in the same exact place I was a year ago oh, yes. because of my own fear. Mm-hmm. Like, think about that. If, you know, if, if we are all, it's, it's human nature, right? We're creatures of habit. It's very easy. And I just wrote a book, which is, is coming out very soon oh. um, called Becoming a Master Communicator. And it's just all about how we've in a way forgotten how to authentically communicate with one another because we're so attached to our electronics and mm-hmm. we text each other and we, you know, um, email each other, but we, we forget that sometimes picking up the phone to our ear, right. Or me- meeting in person, number one, that is nothing can replace that like human connection and that clarity of communication. Yeah. But, um, in the book, I just, I talk so much about how when we have these fears, right? We think that these fears mean, oh, stop, right? Oh, I'm afraid, so that means stop. And if we can flip the script in our heads and say, oh, when I feel fear, that means I must. Like, that Mm -hmm. means I must do it because I know that there is some gold on the other side of this. Otherwise, I wouldn't be fearing it. Mm. Right. That, 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 that terror part of our mind, if you will, it, it, it wants to hold you back from your full potential. Right. Because if you see what you're fully capable of, that voice has no power over you anymore. And that, that voice wants power over you. Right. Yes. It wants to make, it wants you to think like you're, you have to stay small. You have to stay stuck. You have to compare yourself to people because you're not good enough. But the minute you tackle that thing, you tackle that fear, mm-hmm. you realize, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. I like, I did it may not have been perfect. Right. And then that voice quiets all of you a sudden. You kind of squash it a little bit, but yeah. how did you, yeah. okay, can I just, I'm just curious. So how did you as a child and a young, you know, wanting actress, I mean, you, your mother said, no, come on, you know, dear, let's get serious. Let's go and be an accountant, maybe a bit of acting on the side. How did you know, where did that strength come from? What was it? I really believe Lisa, it was, so my, so what I grew up with my mom, my dad, my grandmother lived with us too. And my bro, my older brother. And, you know, I was very lucky. This is why I'm in love with good communication. I mean, I'm Italian American. So I grew up in an atmosphere of sitting around the kitchen table, eating, talking, arguing, laughing. Right. But most importantly, communicating. Mm-hmm. And my father always said to me, he, you know, he always reminded me that I could do anything I put my mind to. And you know, always have confidence in yourself and realize that you can do it, right? Just take one thing at a time, one thing at a time. And he would always remind me things also take time, right? So when you feel rushed and it has to happen now, like things take time, but it's going to work out. It's going to happen. And just his, his, the way he instilled those values in me, just really reminded me and let me know, like, I can do this. Mm-hmm. And again, ladies, I mean, you have no idea the amount of no's I got. I mean, I, I do, I, I bet. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm as a dancer, I'm petite, I'm five, two, right? So a lot of times on Broadway stages, they want tall dancers and hot damn, 
I'd still go on the auditions, right? And sometimes I'd make it all the way to the end and it, it would be me and 10 girls, five, nine. And I'd be like, oh, I guess that's what they're looking for. But I still <laughs> did it. Right? Because for me, it was like, I think a lot of my life when I, to really think about it in hindsight, I knew that the minute I felt fear, I just didn't want to let that fear win. So for me, a lot of things in my life wasn't about the achievement of the thing, right? And I think this is where a lot of us get it wrong. We're like, I want the big house or I want to be a millionaire. And it's like, okay, but, but why? What do you believe that will bring you? Mm-hmm. And for me, it was different. Even when I left the tour life, I was making great money. I was in a great job right? Most of my friends were like, are you kidding me giving up this great job? But it wasn't about the money for me, right? For me, it was about, I have this goal to be on Broadway. So even if I'm not making a lot of money and I reach that goal, that's what matters. And I want to continually prove to myself that I can overcome whatever it is that I fear. And quick, funny story. When I was a little girl, I was so afraid of roller coasters. And I hated that I was afraid of the roller coasters, hated it. So I was like, I got to get on roller coasters. And I was at a dance competition and my dance teacher, I'll never forget, we get on this ride at Hershey Park. And she goes, Renee, you just have to keep your eye on the track as you go around. And I was like, okay, I'm doing it. And from that day forward, I loved roller coasters. So I feel like a lot of my life's purpose has been about doing that thing that I fear to show that I do have the control, right? You don't have the control fear. I have it. (laughs) Oh, but do do you have any idea where could that be? You know, where do you get that? I really do think it it's, it's just my father and my, my, both of my parents really, but, but more so my father who just always, always reminded me like, Renee, there's, there's nothing to fear, right? As long as you stay a good person, you stay true to who you are. Mm-hmm. That he was always, always stressed that. And that's, that's why I am who I am, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I would like to think most, you know, anyone who knows me or most people who know me, especially those who know me from forever, mm-hmm. they'll tell you like, I haven't changed. Uh-huh. <laughs> and when I went out to LA, this is so funny to do, you know, I did the Jersey boys movie. I moved out to LA for three years. Like people would be like, don't let LA change you. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, like no, no way. That'll never happen. And it's true. It's like, once you know who you are and you realize that your job is not to change, to appease anyone else, that's the big, I think such a gift to yourself because then you can just stand, stand your ground, stand on your own two feet, honor yourself for being exactly who you are. And, and, you know, not think that you need to be anyone else. That's really interesting you said that because our last guest was Jeremy Barright and he's a professional basketball player who is making a big name for himself in Clubhouse as a speaker. Yeah, Um, I know him. Yeah, you know him, yeah. And he said exactly the same thing. And And he's like one of his massive breakthroughs is like he is exactly who he is and he realizes the more he is himself the more people are just like yay unapologetically himself you know but i i did want also to ask you because um i think um for example there are a lot of parents that will say the same thing but what happened when you came for example your father was used to tell you that you can do anything but what happened when you came with the proposition of acting 
did he support you as well? Or did he went, you know, like your mom, you know what? Maybe let's take it. <laughs> because no, that is actually, it makes a difference, you know? No, it does. It absolutely does. And they were completely supportive. Don't mm -hmm. get me wrong. There were moments where my mom would be like, are you sure you want to do this? Mm -hmm. But they always supported me. They never, mm -hmm. ever said like, you can't do this or they would my like I said my mother would have moments where she'd be like you know this is hard and I'm like no I know but it was never like this you can't do this they completely supported me and you're right that makes all the difference and I know that I'm very lucky in in that area and mm -hmm. having a support system is everything everything yes. and even if it's not your parents if you have friends or your friend's family or or an aunt or an uncle whomever or a mentor really someone that believes in you Yes, culminate a strong support system. That's that that will get you through because we all need this is why I love coaching, right? We all need a coach essentially, whether it's a parent, whether it's a friend, because as human beings, we can only see as far as ourselves. We can't yeah. see outside of ourselves. And unfortunately, we're often our most harsh critic. Mm -hmm. So, we have the tendency, and this is not everyone, but it's very common for us to really um, over-exaggerate all of the negative parts of ourselves and all the things we need to work on without looking at what we've done, right? And what we've overcome and what we've accomplished. And, and to have a coach and that support system, that gives you that outside set of eyes to be like, listen, Marissa, Lisa, you guys are beautiful. What you're doing on this podcast is freaking amazing. You know how many women say I'm going to start a podcast and they don't? You're doing it. Kudos to you. So make sure you celebrate yourselves today. And we're also going to record that on our phone so we can listen to it. <laughs> we love it too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it is. We don't celebrate enough. That's why I love, and I know you know Joseph McClendon, Renee. Yes. You know, I am magnificent. You know, shake that ass, just get yes. moving. I mean, attitude, baby. Absolutely. I, I love he says, um, uh, repetition is the mother of all skill and praise is the father of it yeah, right we don't yeah, praise right. ourselves enough we don't i'm you guys i'm i can speak on it because i'm the queen <laughs> i will sit here sometimes with my husband i'll never forget this is hilarious and we were like doing like a whiteboard session when i created my course that i have and he was like all right let's write down everything else you do and i'm not i looked at him like this <laughs> he was like are you kidding me and i was like I can't think of one thing like it's crazy, but that's, it's so common because we are in our own little cocoon of our brain, always seeking out like what we've done wrong or what we need to work on or what we need to fix. And it's like, can we please give ourselves a break and honor ourselves for all that we have done? Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah, and actually that sets to the, to the next question. Does mm -hmm. this happen to you that you get too much in your head? Because that also, it's a problem. And I actually do have that part of, of the course I've, I've been working on for, for a very long time. Because it was a pivotal time for me when I was able to listen to the voice. Because you have that voice, but you're not aware of it. You're so used to it that you think it's something that happens. But, you know, and the one time I was able to answer to that voice, or actually listen to what it said. And I said, no. What about if I am good enough? What about if this is my mission and I'm right? And that changed everything. But I still, you know, I still get up in my head and, and I have to do the exercise of quieting that voice. So that, does that happen to you still? 100%. 100%. And that's why I can talk about it. 
right? Mm -hmm. I, I really do believe the best coaches, the best teachers are the ones who have been through it, mm -hmm. which is why I could talk about this all day. We could talk about the conversations that I have in my head. I'm starting to give them names and it's funny. I'm actually working with names, you know, like, <laughs> like Sally's acting up today or here comes <laughs> Violet. She's vivacious, right? Like whatever you have to do. But what I'm learning as well <laughs> I'm working with um, an, an amazing woman. She's a Reiki healer. She does a lot of inner child work. She's doing this inner child work with me. And what's so interesting is this is what I've been talking about nonstop. This is all she and I talk about. And what she has taught me is like a lot of those voices are really parts of ourselves, our inner children that we've shut out or, you know, something happened to us in childhood that we didn't know how to deal with it. So what happens, right? You just, you, you, you survive, you, you do what you have to do. And these parts of ourselves get stuck. Mm -hmm. And those are the voices that are scared, right? A lot of times what helps, and this is of her doing, Kesley, thank you. It's like, like you just said, Marissa, listen to the voice. What are you trying to tell me? Are you telling me that I'm not good enough because you love me so much? You don't want me to fail. So what you're doing is you're trying to protect me. But now I'm Renee, an adult, and I can say to you, thank you so much, but I'm the best thing you can do for me is let me go and let me fail. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to learn and I'm going to thrive, right? It's like oh. when, you, when you think of it that way, it, it becomes less like someone's trying to attack you and yeah. more like, oh, this is just you know, she's a little paranoid. She's freaking out a little bit. She doesn't know what the future holds. So she's trying to protect you. Yeah. And it helps you to, I think, get through it a bit better instead of feeling like you're fighting a battle. Mm. Wait, yes, yes, that's wonderful. I think that's a very important ingredient. It's wonderful to be able to use that on your benefit instead of yeah. that being detrimental to you. Yes. Pulling all the parts of you together because we do kind of splinter to say bits of us get scarred, bits of us get broken, bits of us don't work. And so what you're trying to do by bringing, talking to all the inner children, all those little girls at different points in your life that got hurt, pulling it together, soothing it, making it all okay because now you're grown up and you can take care of all the inner children. I love that. That's a lovely idea. Um, I want to now go on, if I may, to the next part of your life. So we know you're a very successful actress. But you decided that you wanted to move on. You had another dream, another challenge. So explain how you decided to move on and what your next big dream was and what's happened yes. since. Sure. So as I said, I was doing Broadway. I then did the Jersey Boys movie, which was biggest blessing. I moved out to California for three and a half years, came back to New Jersey. My husband and I were ready to be back on the East Coast. And at that time, I... I started auditioning again and I booked Pretty Woman the Musical. So that was the last Broadway show I did, which was incredible. The movie, wow. basically the movie on stage. And during that show, I started writing my book on communication. <clears throat> As I said, I've always been obsessed with good communication. I even wrote a song years ago called Communicate. Like it's obviously always been a part of me. <laughs> and I started writing my book literally like in between times that I was on stage, I, the crew guys who were the best crew, they would let me use their office so I could write. So I'd be like literally in five inch heels, a wig, five pounds of makeup, a costume. And I'm like writing my book. Wow. So after the show closed, which was August of 2019, I knew that I was ready to like 
do something else. Here's the truth, right? I will always, always be a performer. You know, that's my heart. I'm always singing. I'm always dancing. If, if an amazing role came up that I just had to do, of course I would do it. But I felt like intuitively there was something deeper and I always had this love. I mean, I always taught dance when I was young. I told you I was a substitute teacher. I coached all throughout my life and I loved that. And I did feel like that was a, a big part of my purpose. So <clears throat> once the show closed, I knew that I was ready to do something with coaching, didn't know what or how. And then I came across the Knowledge Broker Blueprint with Tony and Dean. And I was always a big follower of Tony's at that point. And Dean, I got introduced through KBB. And it was like exactly what I was looking for because I was looking for something to help me with structure. <clears throat> as, as a professional performing artist, I knew nothing about starting my own business. Yeah. So I just took the course and I followed it literally step-by-step, chapter-by-chapter. And <clears throat> immediately I started taking that imperfect action, coaching. You know, of course, at first I coached really so I could learn. So yeah. I would just coach people for free and get a feel of what they needed and what I was wanting to do. And I just kept taking step after step and, and following the path, even though I didn't know exactly where the path was going. I just kept taking those imperfect action steps, as I said, and yeah, it's now over a year later and I just love what I do. And my focus now is, is on, um, communicating through screen, right? So the course I teach is called connecting on camera. And it's really about just how to teach people to bring their most authentic selves to the video, because let's face it, it can feel awkward when you haven't done this. Yeah. You're like, Renee, I'm sorry. You want me to be myself? I'm talking to a screen. Yeah. It can feel weird. So that's been my focus and, and I love it. And I've been, just finished my book. So it, it just, finished the last editing draft. Um, and it's, you know, going to be published, which is so, so exciting. Um, I go tomorrow to get my, my book cover shoot. My will, we, will people be able to get on Amazon? Yes, it will be on Amazon. It's going to be everywhere. So I will definitely tell you all the details once, once we start launching. Yes, please. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. So, so you missed out a slightly important part there. Now, sure. a lot of people, myself included, have tried very hard to get people's attention on KBB. Some of us don't really get very far. <laughs> Other people um, are bouncing around. I think a certain lady won the holiday to uh, Fiji, didn't she? <laughs> there was a challenge. It was one of Dean Graziosi's challenge. And you see, Renee was so bouncy. This is how I know she's bouncy. And you had to do homework every day and you had to commit and you had to commit. You had to do lots and lots of work. And Renee won five days. Did you go and do it yet? Or was it, did you not get to do it yet? I'm, no. so, I'm so looking forward. So it was actually, Lisa, it was two different challenges. So the first challenge, which Lisa and I did, was called the start over challenge with yeah. Dean Graziosi. And yes, the, the Dean would get on every day and just like deliver and, you know, kind of train. And then the homework was to go live in the Facebook group. So that's what I did. And the night before the last day, his team reached out to me and said, Dean wants to interview you for the last day, which was amazing because he had seen me show up, you know. Bouncing around, being that's as right. you are, exactly. Always delivering beautifully, yes. Yeah, and you know, like just again, like guys, if you ask like, what was the secret ingredient? I was just myself. Yeah. That's really true. I agree. Yeah. 
Yeah. It wasn't perfection. I didn't set up a studio, you know what I mean? And try to be this perfect robot. I was just myself. And Dean interviewed me live in front of like the thousands of people. And then afterwards he, he asked me to uh, be on his podcast. So I was interviewed on his podcast and then wow. it was amazing. A few weeks later, Tony Robbins had his challenge called the comeback challenge. Mm -hmm. Same type of thing. We had to go live in the Facebook group. It was 300,000 people in the group. Mm -hmm. And the last day of the challenge, Carissa Kuchis, his national speaker, announced like this one person showed up full out every day and delivered to the group. Renee Marino, you won five days to Tony <laughs> Robbins' private resort in Fiji. And I was like, ah! <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, we're very wow. cool prize. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do want to state something because I think this is very important because I think Lisa struggles with this. I do sometimes. You show yourself as you are. But that doesn't mean, you know, and maybe that was what they were looking for. But the important thing is that you were honest and showed up with your essence me for example i don't bounce around <laughs> i'm very heavy <laughs> but I, i do get you know i sometimes when i'm really connected i do get that connection and so much so that i read people you know so i think it's always important to be true to yourself because then yeah. if i try to fake it and try to be bouncy, you know, just to be on the show. That's not me. Oh, no, and maybe I'm losing the opportunity to connect in another sense, you know, and then if I do, I don't know, and if I fake it or if I one day that I was really bouncy and I do it, then I have to repeat it and then it will be a struggle. Yes. Because then you won't enjoy it as the same way because you're not a bouncy person. You know, and I'm also the contemplator, you know, the deep thinker. <laughs> so yes. I I, I'm not a bubbly person. I, I might be, you know, I'm Sagittarius, so I do like to have fun and I love to, to laugh. But, you know, that is something I think, and I, I wish that you would uh, share your, your ideas on this. I think it's better that you don't try to be someone else just because they will get the prize. Yes. Because then you have to be honest with you And your price might be different. It might be you now with Tony Robbins or Dean or maybe in another stage or in another area because you got to really dig deep, you know, to, to the reading of, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe I would see exactly what the blind spot of Tony was or Dean was, you know. But so if I try to fake it, I might miss that. Right? 100%. That, I'm so glad you brought that point up because that is so, so spot on. The key is when I say authentic, that means authentically you, not authentically me, not authentically Lisa or Marissa. And this is the trap that so many people fall into. And I understand this again, all my years as an actress, same thing. When I teach students, you know, theater students, uh, you know, kids, even adults who are wanting to pursue this, the career of, of being a Broadway performer. Mm -hmm. or, or an actor on film and TV, I always say first and foremost, you need to be the best you, not the best of what you see in someone else you admire. Because mm -hmm. trust me, the minute you walk in that room, the mm -hmm. people behind the table can feel the inauthenticity. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people think. They're like, well, they're looking for um, a girl who's really sophisticated and she's really aloof. So I'm, you know what? I'm just going to go in there and I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And I'm like, no, 
but that's not you, right? Like, just be you. I'd rather not get the job, right? Mm -hmm. Or not get the opportunity. But the person who maybe is interviewing you, if you go into a meeting, right? Even if they say, you're not right for this, but I don't know. I just, I really vibe with you. I really like you. You are just real. Yes. But that will bring an opportunity somewhere else down the road. But I will promise you this. If you keep showing up inauthentically, being the person you think someone wants you to be, you mm-hmm. can guarantee that nothing good will come yeah. of that. Yes. Nothing and good. I- and then you still feel that rejection. And since yeah. it wasn't you, you had to so much expe- expectations and it was so much of an effort. Yes. Then, you know, you try to build this high and then the drop is going to be yes. much harder I because have- then they're going to make you question yourself and your worth mm-hmm. because, oh, once again, I didn't get it. And it's just because you were inauthentic, yeah. you know. You can't be good at being somebody else. It's not. It's always going to be much harder yeah. than being yourself. Yeah. I, 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 Renee used to model, and um, they used to try and get me into television ads as a housewife. Well, I was so not a housewife, and they'd go like, "Oh, you can do it. You can do it." I just couldn't. It's like yeah. not in me. I'm just not a housewife, and it just never worked. They were like, and it was demoralizing to go and try and be a housewife. But I couldn't do it. I was never going to be cast as a housewife. So, um, so. Um, your pinnacle of all of your community, well, not the pinnacle, but one of the most fascinating things that then went on is that you got to present at the Dean and Tony World Summit of the KBB Knowledge Broker Blueprint Summit. The first one they ran, it was virtual, of course, because of COVID. Now, had you, I'm going to ask you this question that I want you to really think about this. Had you ever imagined yourself up there doing that on that stage? Had it even crossed your mind is that I want to do that? I want to that one day be up there. Well, I will tell you this, and Marissa, you'll appreciate this. Um, I said to my husband, um, we prime, you know, we do Tony Robbins priming. And before the World Summit, I never thought the World Summit, but I absolutely pictured myself on stage with Dean and Tony. Amazing. I visualized that. I saw it. I felt it. Mm. And when I got the call that, Dean wanted me to co-host. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> right. And, and that's the thing is, listen, I have such a, the whole manifesting thing, Marissa, we can talk about this on, on probably on a, on a side conversation. I believe so deeply in it. Right. And I love it so much, but there are times that I also use it in a fearful sense where I'm like, Oh no, I thought that, is it going to happen? Manifest bad things. So yeah. I, I really have a, a, a love hate relationship with it because of that right because i i do believe in it so much but then it's tough when you're going through hard times right and you're like i'm trying to think the right way but i just right i'm feeling the the resistance yeah um but with that said yes i completely pictured myself on stage with them because you know i i really think they are just so incredible the two of them they've taught me so much Um, and I just was like, God, that that's a dream of mine to be able to be on a stage with them. And listen, I would love to be on a stage with them again. Like, you know, talking about my book and, and sharing this, this tool with the world, but it was pretty incredible to, to feel that come to fruition. Yes. Yeah. I kind of suspected as much. I kind of, I, I, I just kind of, I mean, I kind of even saw it for you. I mean, like I, you had something about you that, that was, 
like 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 gold. I don't know, like sparkle dust. I have to say, and um, and I could see that. I was like, if anyone, they're going to pick anyone to be on stage with them as an example of like who should do KBB. I'm like they should pick Renee, you know. Aww, um, thank you. But, but it's true because, and you're also very committed. But your work ethic is extraordinary too, and I think that's come through. That you, you are like, what does it take to be the best? What does it take? What does it take? And that comes through. And what's that thing you always say when you go live? Um, in every way, what's that thing? In every way, I want. Every day, in every way, I am getting stronger. Every day, in every way, I am getting healthier. Every day, in every way. I'm getting happier. Exactly. Oh, thank you for that. Oh my God. I think I'm going to have to, rec- to, to, to store this podcast on my phone and just listen to it over and over again. Yeah, you know what? That's all Tony, right? Tony has his incantations and the, the, the whole reason that came about is because one of the days in the challenge, I told everyone how, and I do it again, this is true. Like I didn't just do this to say it when mm-hmm he i would listen to him right his um god all of his his um programs and i'd be at the gym or wherever walking and he would do the incantations every day every way i'm getting stronger and stronger i would sing them because i'm a singer right so i bet every day and every way i am getting stronger and that's what i did so i i shared it with the group and then i ended up doing it i still do it now every time i go live in the group amen Oh, yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah, I love, love, love that. But, and, you know, I, I, I know that we're getting close to the time, but I just wanted to share with you something very important that you said about your journey, because I think it's going to be very helpful to our audience. And um, you said that when, when you, you kind of don't focus so much on the, you do have a goal, but you focus more on the fear not beating you. Yes. Right. So I think this is a perfect example of what the meaning is to not be attached to the end goal, to the goal, to getting the, the, the prize, but to the process. Because I think it, it's very hard to explain when you have to focus on something and then let it go and just focus on the day to day, the here and the now. And I think your story was a perfect example of that, because it's not of what you're going to get. Because you already know that whatever it is, is going to be amazing. You've already decided that. And then you just focus on overcoming the one little thing, little quote unquote, right? That is, that might put you off. That is a fear. Yes. And you kind of just use it like fuel, like the wind beneath your, you know, with your wings. Sorry, the English, you know, betrays me sometimes. (laughs) And uh, I I love that because I think it's a very good example uh, of how not be attached to the outcome even though it's something that you want so much you already decide that you are going to get it you already decide but in our in our three dimensional limitations we kind of think oh i want the iphone you know but then are you focused so much on the iphone on the iphone and if you get it if you don't get it that you don't enjoy the process and maybe in the end you will get something even better than the iphone you know, so that's, I think, your story, the way you said it, it was a perfect example of how to want something and just let it go and focus on the actual process. And then you detach from the from the fear of losing it, which yeah. is, I think, that most people get um, stuck in that. So thank you for that. Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, wasn't, I, I, I just want to go back just to sort of tidy up the ends here. Um, you did say something and you kind of, well, maybe it happens as a side subject, but actually I'm going to just, just have a little tiny conversation to end up with on this. You mentioned that 
that you're obviously aware that you are powerful in how you manifest things. And with that comes the responsibility for everything you think, you know, there's a reaction. And you say that when things go wrong, how do you cope with that? Because I struggle with that. So I'm a very powerful manifester. And sometimes I manifest just terrible fears. Like I think, oh, that's going to go wrong. And then it does. I'm like, oh, look yeah. what I did. You know, I thought about that. So how do you cope with that? And what do yeah, you do to make it better? That is, you know, that is a, a, a practice for me. And that's kind of the place I'm in right now is, 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 kind of digging deep into that and, and learning, because as I said before, much of my life I lived as a perfectionist and it's such a tricky quality. I talk about this a lot in my book. It's such a tricky quality because it on the surface seems really great. Like you're striving, you're, you're a hard worker, hard, you know, work ethic and all this. And that is great, but the stress and the angst that mm -hmm. comes along with it and the way you speak to yourself along that journey a lot of times is not good right oh my god come on what's wrong with you what's wrong with you you should be able to do this better you should should that's sh tricky should work Shoot on yourself all over yes it <laughs> all over yourself uh-huh um so when it comes to like if something you know that i i'm not enjoying very much is is happening in my life it is you know has been tough for me to be like oh my gosh you did this and like start of the blame game you know what I mean? So I'm in the practice of just learning to like cut that judgment off at the, at the head. Um, so that's the first layer of it is like enough with enough with beating yourself up for what you believe you did. You were doing your best, right? Or you, this is, this is a learning experience. This was what it was meant to be. You needed this to happen, right? So that way you can learn the lesson that needs to be learned and let it go. So I think coming at it, Lisa, from the perspective of, okay, this isn't exactly what I would have manifested in my best dream, but maybe I manifested the exact thing I need to get me to that next level that I'm supposed to be at. Yeah. Yes, because I think it's, it's, oh my God, thank you for this because it's so, so important. And I got two things when you were saying that. First of all, that it is because sometimes you need that push and you won't get that push if you don't go to the hardship that kind of shakes you to appreciate the good one, the good part. But also, how about applying that same work that you're doing with your inner child to that? Because it's the same experience, you know, that that what that inner child is showing you is that what this subconscious fear is showing you as well. Maybe you can use you know, I'm not just, you know, putting it out there, but maybe it's a process of using that same approach, like, thank you for showing me this, you know, it's okay, because now I see the fear, oh, thank you for that, and just, you know, cleaning it up, and yes. let it go. I you love know? that. Yeah, maybe, you know, it's, I think it's um, just the way that, you know, as Jeremy said, and some of other uh, interviewers, the interview guests that we've had, and within my work, that you have to feel the feeling. You have to, the only thing I, I really recommend is not to get attached to it because then you allow, it's kind of like you open the Pandora's box and then you allow all the fears and they will bring you down if they can. Just see them, you know, from a distance, acknowledge them, accept them. You know, what are you showing me? You yeah. know, like you did that work with the inner child. Thank you for that because that, oh, actually that's exactly what I needed. And now I can, you know, put it away and just grow. Yes. Like the that makes sense. 
like the Hopa Ono is the same thing, you know, thank you, I love you. Um, yes. you know, please forgive me, blah, blah, blah. I will forget. <laughs> I'm sorry. Blah, blah, blah. I love you. Please forgive me and thank you. <laughs> I always have to click. I can never. The order changes. Some people say it in different ways. Um, I think. Wow, we have we have pretty much covered the gamut, Renee. I think we have got it all. I mean, I am. I'm excited. I have to say, what's your what's your dream now? I mean, what if you could wave a magic wand? Does Renee want to do in like the future? What's your big uh, dream? I love that. Well. What I'm doing right now, I'm enjoying so much. As I told you, I, I teach um, a live workshop course called Connecting on Camera. And it's it lights up my spirit. It's just so amazing to see so many people who are like, like I said, hate getting on camera to then like making videos. And and it's special because I teach it live. So it's like I'm there with them. So I will we'll, we'll continue to do that. And now that my book is getting ready to come out, I'm just so excited. One of my favorite things to do is keynote speak. Um, and, you know, like coach companies on how to improve their communication skills. Right. So I want to be doing that and just sharing the tools from, from the book. Yeah. Um, I have just a two full chapters of easy to implement fun practices to get us back to authentic communication. So I just see myself speaking on physical stages. I'm mm -hmm. looking forward to being physical, right? Yes, yeah and it would yeah, be it'll get there sometimes it, it, it will get there it will get there and just you know spreading these these messages that i believe are so powerful for all of us you know and in my experience and what i know to be true in my gut is like communication is truly the the groundwork for all of our relationships starting with the most important one the one with ourselves if we are not having a honest conversation with ourselves each and every day, then that just shapes the rest of our relationships, right? And then that's, ev everything's tied together, right? Once we can do that, once we have a good communication relationship with ourselves, then getting on camera becomes easier, right? Because <laughs> when you know who you are, when you when you are aware of, of all that you bring to the table, it's easier to bring that forward. So that is what I see. Ah, no, I love it. Yeah, I, there's no doubt. Yeah, no doubt that that's not gonna happen. I can see it clearly now. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Yeah. You know, maybe you. I don't know. You know, now the clubhouse is so big. You have to do another course on how to get um, your way or comfortable with your voice Speaking. on the app. Yes. You know. Mm -hmm. I think we would need them. Yeah. Skill, people get nervous i get nervous you know i wait for long and i have these amazing speeches you know and then when my time comes i either i've waited too long and i forgot half of it yeah. <laughs> or i have to go yesterday i was in jeremy's room yesterday or the day before and i had this amazing speech but then i had we lisa and i had to start a role room and then when i went oh jeremy i have to go but blah, 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 yeah, and he yeah. went, oh i now remember the interview <laughs> I don't know if that was good or bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I said, I'll come back next week with a better, uh, but I have to go now. But, you know, I just wanted to leave that idea out there. And he yeah. went, oh, thank you. So yeah. I don't know if that was good or bad. But, but you, I, you did, I did it. it. You yeah. did it. Yeah. And I was feeling horrible at the end because I I, um, I thought, oh, my God, my, you know, it's like 300 people. voice again. There's that critical yeah. voice. But, you know, yes, but you. I went through the process and I was really upset, I don't know, for a couple of hours. And then now I'm here with you and just letting it go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Ha. Oh. Ha. Yeah. Thank you. Know, you. There will be another time. 
Marissa, thank you, thank you. And Renee, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's really been a pleasure. We are going to follow you. And then what we always say to all our guests is we'd love to touch base next year and see how Great. you're all doing. And we'll see how that dream of, you know, the bigger impact is coming alive and how you're yes. using your course. Book, your book. tour. Maybe and how many other books do you <laughs> Yeah, the book tour. How about that? Exactly. Yeah, because you know Oprah loves books, so maybe you know you'll be in a book tour and you'll have your interview with Oprah. You know? Oprah, I'm yeah, I'm that liking way. that vision. Oprah, I'm liking that a lot. Gabrielle Bernstein, you know, I'm a big yeah. follower of hers. Yeah, yeah. I, see it, I see it, my ladies. Right? Yeah, just, I, it's happening. It's already it's happening. happening. It's, it's already happening. happening. It's all done. happening. I love it. Thank you so much for Thank giving you so this. Much. This, this was so wonderful. I really appreciate you inviting me on. We, we have oh, loved it. You. Make sure that you make, uh, if you were to send us any links or anything that you want your audience to, our audience to know about, anywhere yeah. they can find you, your course, your book, just right. pop it over to me and we'll pop it in the show notes. All right? Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Take care. Bye. 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 Thank you for listening to the Dream Team Podcast. You can catch Lisa and Marissa every Monday and Thursday. Don't forget to subscribe and review and dream on.